Are you considering delaying Medicare or have you already delayed Medicare past age 65, but now you're left wondering, how do I actually apply for Medicare after age 65? Well, we have the answers for you in today's episode. But before we start, my name is Cameron Giardini, and together with my co-host, Joanne Giardini-Russell, we operate Giardini Medicare, which is an independent insurance agency based out of Southeast Michigan. Although we're based in Michigan, we do work virtually over the phone to directly help consumers in about 13 states to find the right Medicare coverage for them. If we do not work in your state, we will still connect you with another trusted independent agent that will be able to help you find the right coverage that you want. We also now have a free online course available for you that you can register for to learn many things and many Medicare topics. Access this course by going to gmedcourse.com, which is gm edcourse.com. So now that we have that out of the way, we will give a brief overview of today's episode. First, we'll talk about why might you actually delay Medicare past age 65. We will talk about what enrollment looks like after you did delay Medicare, if you do choose to delay it, and this is due to active employer coverage. We'll talk about what happens if you're applying for Part A and Part B after age 65 versus just applying for Part B. We'll also cover enrollment after delaying without active employer coverage, and we'll talk about some new Part B special enrollment periods that are now available in 2023 and going forward. Just a quick disclaimer, during the entire episode, we are going to be assuming that you're again applying for Medicare after your initial enrollment period. So that initial enrollment period is a seven-month enrollment window that is three months before. The month you turn 65, it includes the month you turn 65, and then three months after you turn 65. So again, we are going to assume if you're delaying Medicare, we're talking after that initial enrollment period. We talked about the overview. And like I said, we'll start with why you might delay Medicare, which Joanne will start. All right. So often there's a misconception that everyone needs Medicare at age 65. You've probably heard that. But if you have listened to our other episodes, you likely know by now that many people can and they do delay their Medicare enrollment until they are older than 65 years old. Why? Mm -hmm. Well, the most common reason they do that is because they are still on active employer coverage with 20 or more employees. And that's either through yourself working or possibly your spouse is working. So again, you're on that active employer coverage. We're going to link in the show notes to the guidelines from CMS about the 20 employee threshold. But overall, this should be the responsibility of your employer to determine whether or not you are in a situation where there are over or under 20 employees. So make sure you reach out to them to confirm before you actually do delay your Medicare Part B enrollment. Now, most people that do delay Medicare coverage beyond age 65, they'll still apply for Part A of Medicare, and they're just delaying Part B as in boy. The reason for this is that almost all Medicare beneficiaries, for these people, Part A comes with no monthly premium, and it can provide some secondary inpatient coverage to coordinate with your employer coverage. However, there's always a however, applying for Part A of Medicare is not right for everyone. So if you have listened to our episodes about the health savings account, you will know that if you want to contribute to a health savings account beyond age 65, you very likely will want to delay both Part A and Part B of Medicare since you are ineligible for HSA contributions if you are enrolled in any part of Medicare. 
And just to highlight something that Joanne said, I want to make it very clear that she said that most people, when they are delaying their Part B past age 65, it is due to active employer coverage. So this is through a group health plan. It would have to be true active employment. So you're currently working and you meet the standards for being currently employed. And that can be either yourself or being covered by a spouse. It's just super important to remember we're not talking about COBRA coverage, which has to do with not having active employer coverage. We're not talking retiree coverage. In other episodes, We've talked about it in more detail, but just remember active employer coverage and 20 or more employees, both of those aspects are very important when delaying Medicare past age 65. Right. So if you properly delay Medicare past age 65 and now you're leaving active employer coverage, what does the process actually look like? Well, for the most part, you're going to use a Medicare Part B special enrollment period to do this enrollment process. So as far as the timing goes, you can do this during any month you're still enrolled in the group health plan due to that current employment. Again, that's yourself or your spouse's employment. Or you can technically do this during any of the eight months that follow the last month that you or your spouse was enrolled in the group health coverage due to current employment status. Now, I don't want you to get too caught up on the eight month rule right there because in our opinion although you technically have eight months after leaving employer coverage to use the part b special enrollment period there really is rarely ever a reason to wait that long instead you should just plan on having your part b and using that special enrollment period a few months before you expect your coverage will end so that you don't have any gap in coverage and basically your medicare will pick up right where your employer coverage left off now to do this there are some forms you might need and the first form is the CMS 40B, which is also known as the application for Medicare Part B, as well as the CMS L564, which is your employment verification form. So remember, if you are applying with a spouse, you will need one of each of these forms for both of you. So that could be up to four forms in total, which is basically two of each. Just remember, anytime we're talking Medicare, it's always an individual process. So you want to make sure you're duplicating things if it's for you as well as a spouse. If you can't get the L564 completed by your employer. We will link to details in the show notes, but you can use some alternative examples of having employer coverage. These include things like tax returns, W-2s, pay stubs, health insurance cards, as long as they show your effective dates, and even explanation of benefits. Basically, all of those documents are designed to show that you have had active employer coverage since you've been 65. And just briefly, what about a special or unique circumstances? Doesn't happen too often but it has happened for sure and it often gets overlooked. So what if you have had multiple employers since age 65? You will have to get an L564, that employment verification form completed by all of the employers that you have had or that have provided active employer coverage for you since age 65. So if you've had three employers from age 65 to 69 or 70, you will have to get forms from all of them showing continuous coverage with no more than an eight-month gap in coverage since age 65 in order to use that special enrollment period. So once you have the forms in hand and once you're familiar with this process, how do you actually apply for Medicare Part B after age 65? All right. So you have Part A, you're going to apply for Part B only. So how do you do this? There's some forms that you're going to have to have completed. You're going to need a CMS L564 as Cameron referenced, and this is the form that shows that you have that employer coverage and that you are eligible for this Part B special enrollment period. You're also 
going to need the Form 40B, which is your actual application for Medicare Part B. Option number one in this case is online, and this is our preferred method. So once COVID began, the Social Security Administration created an online portal for applying for Part B using your Part B special enrollment period. Now you still have to get your Form L-564 filled out from the employer, and you need to upload this as a PDF into the online portal. But using this method, the Form 40B will be built into the online enrollment portal. And this is really important. In the remarks section on this online Form 40B, you will want to type your requested Part B effective date into the section in the remarks section. But you're going to put something like, I request my Part B to be effective September 1st, for example. Option number two, you can go in person. You can enroll at the local Social Security office. We do recommend this if you are short on time. Let's say it is July 19th and you want your coverage effective on August 1st. Sometimes that's a short enough window where you're going to want to walk into that office. Now, using this method, you can bring in your completed documents. Remember the CMS 40B and the L-564, you'll bring them in completed to that local office. Make sure to request that the Part B effective date that you're looking for, same place on the remarks section in the 40B. We do recommend bringing these to the local office as soon as they're open at 9 a.m., and be as nice as possible to the representatives that are working there. Make sure that you're actually speaking with someone that can process the application. These are Title II technical specialists, and have them process this while you're standing there. This may sound strange. They may tell you it's impossible, but it is not impossible. Just tell them you're requesting that they do this right in your presence, and they will generally do that. Option three, this is our least favorite, but you can mail or fax the forms directly to your local Social Security office. Please, 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 if you're going to do this, make a copy. I would also throw into this area the Dropbox. Some people say, well, they just told me to put it in the Dropbox. I would never put it in the Dropbox myself, and I would always make copies if you really are going to do that. Again, not recommended, but you can mail or fax the Form 40B and the L-564 directly to the local Social Security office for processing. If you do choose to mail or fax or put them in the Dropbox, we always are going to suggest certified mail and recommend following up with a phone call a couple of days later just to make sure that that request is actually being processed in a timely manner. And that last part's huge because if you just assume that things are being processed, I mean, we've had people where sometimes a a paper falls off a desk or whatever it might be, you just get lost in the shuffle of things. And then two months go by and people say, nothing's been processed from social security. I sent it in months ago. And sure enough, you call and they just say, oh, we totally missed it. So you always want to make sure that whenever you send something in or when you apply for Medicare, you make sure things are actually being processed and you'll have things done when you need it. Again, you don't have to be accusatory. Just be nice like Joanne said, but it'll help to at least remind them. Correct. They can sit in an inbox and never move again. Mm -hmm. So on the other hand, how do you apply for both Part A and Part B of Medicare after age 65? Like Joanne had mentioned before, this is going to be a less common scenario than applying for just Part B. But if you are somebody that has been contributing to an HSA, this might apply to you. So in this situation, you will only have to complete the CMS L-564, not the 40B. And the reason you don't have to do the 40B is, well, on the form itself, it even tells you, if you do not already have Part A of Medicare, it says simply do not use the form. So we're going to listen to that. Now, in this situation, we have option one, which is kind of similar to what Joanne mentioned before, but this is the online enrollment using SSA.gov. This online enrollment method, it actually uses the same 
online application as somebody that's applying for Medicare at age 65. It's not the special link that they created due to COVID that Joanne was talking about. This is the spot where if you go on ssa.gov and it says apply for Medicare, this is what we're generally talking about. However, unlike people applying at age 65, you are going to have to show proof with the L564 that you are eligible for a special enrollment period. So in the remarks section, when you're actually doing the online application, at some point there should be a remark section or where you can leave comments and you should put that you will provide the L564 upon request. And then at that point, we recommend faxing the form to your local social security office and calling them to make sure that they have received it. And again, everything is linked together and being processed. Now, another way to do this or another enrollment option if you don't want to do multiple steps like that is you can simply go in person to the local office. So unlike just applying for Part B, I would say if you're applying for A and B, this is probably our preferred method at this point. When you're applying for Part A and Part B and you want to use the in-person method, we still recommend going as soon as the office opens, you know, go at 9 a.m. and be as nice as possible. But at that point, just bring your L564 with you. And then when you do that, like Joanne said, you'll want to try to talk to somebody that processes these applications that is typically the title two technical expert you know somebody might say they're busy or somebody might say they're not available again just insist you want to talk to them hang out there for 10 15 minutes i'm not staying stay there all day but just try to make sure it's getting in the hands of somebody actually going to process the application and then even better yet try to see if they'll process it while you're there in person the third and final option for applying for both part a and part b in this case is a phone appointment with social security and this is definitely not our recommended method it is possible so we want to mention it but again i would probably do the other ones first so you can technically schedule a phone appointment with your local office and then you can fax them or mail them the l564 right before the appointment but this is just not going to be recommended simply for the fact that phone appointments they can take weeks at least to be scheduled so you might call now in the middle of july and then they might say oh our first appointment available is august only use this if you for some reason have to if you can't get to a local social security office or go online definitely all right so what we talked about already is how to do the proper Medicare enrollments after age 65. If you're leaving active employer coverage and you're using that special enrollment period that you're eligible for. Now, Joanne is going to talk about something a little bit different, which is what if you delayed Medicare incorrectly based on not having active employer coverage? What do you do if you need to apply for Medicare after age 65 and you find out that you're not eligible for that Part B special enrollment period that we just went through and you've already passed that initial initial enrollment period that Cameron described in the beginning. That's the three months before your birthday of 65, your 65th birth month, and then three months after that. So you've missed your first two election windows. So then what happens next? The answer is that you'll likely have to rely on the Medicare general enrollment period. So when does this GEP, as we call it, the general enrollment period, when does this occur? This enrollment period often gets confused with the annual election period that most people are familiar with. That's in the fall, that's in October, but this is a totally different enrollment period and a different time time frame. The general enrollment period occurs from January 1st every year until March 31st every single year. So if you have to use the general enrollment period, when is your coverage actually going to be effective? That's the real question. As of 2023, and this is going to apply going forward as well in 2024 and beyond as far as we know for now, but when you apply for Medicare Part B using the general enrollment period, your coverage will go into effect the first day of the month following the month that you apply for coverage.
change. So quick example, if you apply in February, your Part B would be effective March 1st because that is the month following February. Now, when you're using the general enrollment period, how do you apply? You can apply using the GEP for Part B, and we recommend completing the form CMS40B like we've already talked about. That is the same application for Part B, and we recommend bringing it in person to your local Social Security office when you're using this method. Now, just a special note that if you need to apply for Medicare using the GEP, it may or I would say likely it will actually result in a Part B penalty. It depends on timing of when you last had that active employer coverage. So if you have had employer coverage at least for some period of time since age 65, we still recommend at least having an L564 filled out or some type of proof that you've had active employer coverage. And we recommend bringing that to Social Security. If you have to use the GEP, it's not going to give you the special enrollment period. However, it can hope to mitigate at least some of the potential Part B penalty, but it can't hurt to show proof when possible. So everything we've talked about now was applying for Medicare after age 65 using the traditional special enrollment period. We talked briefly about the general enrollment period if you're not leaving active employer coverage within the last eight months. And now we're going to actually talk about something that is new for 2023. Again, before it was either the SEP or the GEP and you're pretty much out of luck. But but there are new special enrollment periods for 2023 that Joanne will discuss. Right. So we highlighted these new special enrollment periods during our episode that was exclusively about the, what we call the Benny's Act. But here's an overview of the newly created Part B special enrollment periods that became effective in 2023. If you are not eligible for the typical Part B special enrollment period due to leaving active employer group health insurance coverage, we recommend trying to see if you might qualify for one of these SCPs before needing to use the general enrollment period that we just went over. Now, SCP number one, these are individuals impacted by an emergency or disaster declared by a government entity. SCP number two, employer or group health plan misrepresentation. We've actually run into a couple of these this year already. Maybe HR told you something incorrectly and you have that in writing. That could give you a special enrollment period. SCP number three, which is a termination of Medicaid coverage. A lot of people were affected by that this year. SCP number four, formerly incarcerated individuals. SCP number five, other exceptional circumstances, which is a little bit of a catch-all, and we're not really sure how that one's going to play out yet. We haven't seen that. Most of these special enrollment periods have a six-month time frame depending on when the event occurred, and you will likely have to provide some type of proof that you were impacted by one of these scenarios. We're going to also link in more detail about these SEPs in the show notes. Yeah, that's just an overview of all of the new ones created, but just know that when somebody tells you, oh, if you're not leaving active employer coverage or if you don't have access to the GEP, there's no other choices. It's just because that's how it was for so many years. But now, at least in 2023 and going forward, you might potentially have some more options at your fingertips when it comes to applying for Part B. Now, the biggest thing, Joanne already mentioned it, but proof. You can't just say, my employer lied to me about COBRA. I need an SCP. You're going to have to show some type of substantial proof that actually says you missed your proper enrollment windows because of somebody else's error. And that's kind of the same thing as that other exceptional circumstance. But it never hurts to try, especially when it comes to avoiding penalties and avoiding gaps in coverage after age 65 with Medicare. Now more than ever, many people delay their Medicare coverage past age 65. So don't be alarmed if you are one of those people. Just know that the method you will need to use to apply for Medicare when the time comes. And most importantly, make sure that you have the actual timing down so that you can avoid any gaps in coverage and especially avoid possible lifetime Medicare penalties. As always, please leave us a review on your podcast app and subscribe so you can listen to future episodes.
episodes. If you want to find more Medicare content from us, the best place to do so is by registering for our online course at gmedcourse.com, which is gmedcourse.com. If you have any feedback or questions, you can also send us an email to info at gmedicareteam.com. But thanks for listening and have a great day.